Mm. Good stuff. Well, how are you guys doing tonight? How are you guys doing tonight? Okay, all right. Good, good. I was just a little curious there to make sure I wasn't the only one or if uh, everybody just fell asleep all of a sudden there. Glad that you're here tonight. We're excited uh, just about um, all the guys doing in this church and um, just excited for what he's going to do tonight, what he's already done. Um, as you were uh, looking at the slides there and the announcements, there was an announcement I just want to draw quick attention to is just our life groups. We are doing signups for those right now. Um, so you can go out when on your way out, sign up for a life group. I'm telling you, you want to be a part of a life group. Uh, life groups, man, that's where life happens. That's where you get connected with people. That's where you begin to develop relationships and, and discover things about yourself and the people that God's put around you that you never would have imagined. You find people that can help you and encourage you. Uh, you'll find people that'll take care of you in times that you would absolutely not have anybody else there. And they become your family. And so you want to make sure that you're signed up for life groups because it's life-changing to be a part of it. Um, and we're going to be talking about that over the next couple of weeks about how you uh, can play a role in that and how you can uh, bring something to the life group and just who God's created you to be that that group needs, all right? And then that group's going to be able to provide you something that you need through Christ as well. So that's what we're going to be talking about for the next couple of weeks. So make sure you sign up for life group. If you don't, I don't know, bad things will happen to you. So we'll just see. So how many, who's, uh, who has signed up for life group here? Let me sign it. Who has signed up for a life group right here? Awesome. Right there. All right. Just right here in front. You were the first hand that saw up. I'm going to give you $5 right here to Starbucks. All right. Just for that right there. All right. So, hey, it pays, it pays to be a part of life group. So there we go. And I mean, a good life group always has coffee involved, right? I mean, so good coffee and not Folgers. If it has Folgers, you might need to change groups. I'm just saying. So Maxwell House, I don't know. I don't know about that. So anyways, hey, so um, if you're not aware, my name is Jamie and um, I'm the campus pastor here for the Williamsburg campus. And we've been here for a few months and um, just so excited about being a part of this church and about what God's doing. Um, I, I know that he's just doing something absolutely unique and powerful, and, um, and uh, I just can't wait to see all that happens in the near future. These past two months have just been amazing just to see all the things that have happened, um, how so many of you have become close friends and family to us already at this point. Um, and Michelle and I, we've just loved being here and seeing all the things that are happening. Our kids have absolutely loved being a part of this place. We are worried about the transition, um, but it seems like our kids have just come full on. They're just like, hey, this place is awesome. I mean, they've been to the beach. They've been boating. Um, they've been, I mean, it's just crazy, all the things that are happening. I mean, every time they go, there's food everywhere. There's kids everywhere. I mean, they're just like, this place is awesome. What are you talking about? So, and then, you know, and then right now, we're staying with my parents right now um, until we sold our house, which, by the way, we closed on our house yesterday in Springfield. Yes. Yes. So, we are living the new American dream for us. We're no longer homeowners, so that's awesome. So um, I'm pumped about that. But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's going to be something we're ever going to pursue again. But anyway, so um, <laughs> uh, but we're excited for the people that have our house. It's going to be a blessing to them. All right. Um, but anyway, so uh, no, we're living with my parents right now, and uh, so my kids, I mean, they've just been ecstatic. It's just been, you know, like Pops and Ida have just been taking care of them and, you know, spoiling them every time we're not there, so it's been great uh, just to have that and uh, hanging out with my parents. And so many of you know my parents, um, Debbie and Jim Bell, they're amazing people, so... Well, all right, hey, we're going to start jumping into this series. Uh, we're uh, titled the series Unique, and um, so that's what it's going to be for the next couple of weeks. We're talking about life groups. We're talking about uh, you and how God has individually created you uniquely for his purposes. 
and how we are better together when we're living out the life that God's called us to live. And so that's what we're talking about. Uh, I'm excited to do this. This is, um, man, I tell you, um, Pastor Fred and I, we started talking about this before we even moved out here of when I was going to speak and what I was going to speak on. And so I've been preparing for about three months now. And, um, and it's been a little while since I've preached. And I love preaching. I love God's word. I love his church. I love his people. And so I, I have no clue how long it's going to go tonight. And right before I came up here, he just gave me permission to add time if I needed to because they went a little over. And so if we hit 7 o'clock, Pastor Fred's going to go buy pizza. So if you walk, see him walk out, just know that it's all good and you're going to be fed and it's awesome. And then we'll just, your kids can fight for it afterwards if there's anything left. Um, but uh, no, I am excited about it because um, it, it's just, um, man, it's so fun living your life for Jesus. It's so much fun and it, it's so exciting to be a part of his plans and to see how he orchestrates things that you could never even imagine for yourself. I mean, just the fact that we're here, it's so mind-blowing. When we stop and we think about it, it was a few months ago, um, it was back in December, that God began to move on our hearts and just began to shape us and say, okay, what is it that we want to do? And, and, and do we feel like we're staying at the church that we're staying at? Or is God moving us? And God began to speak to us and, and we just began to sense that feeling of transition and we felt like that God was calling us to go plant the church. And as we pursued that and prayed about it and looked into it, I called this you know, crazy guy out here in Virginia and started talking to him just about what they're doing because there are so many things that I could see God doing in my own parents' life. And I was like, man, I'm curious about that. And I just want to see what's working, what's not working. And, and I want to ask questions. And so as we started talking, all of a sudden, the conversation went somewhere completely different that either one of us thought it would go. And then all of a sudden, now we're here in this place, and you see how God has brought so many things together for his purposes, that he's brought Pastor Fred and Vanessa into our life for purposes that beyond anything we could have even asked for, that he's brought us here for some reason to help serve you, maybe just to show you that he can use foolish people, maybe that's all we're here for, but he's brought us here for a reason, and each one of us, we have a purpose and it's so cool to think that God who's up there and, and, and above all things and he's, he's watching all things and he's in control of the smallest details. One of the verses that's just held me together through this whole experience is Psalm 32 and it says that he delights in the details of your life. And God, God does not ignore the small things. He orchestrates the small things to put you in the right places so that you can know his love and know his mercy in ways that you can never imagine before. And it's so cool because God does not just have some crazy plan out there where he's just like, maybe they'll figure it out, maybe they won't. But God wants to be deeply involved in the things that you do because he has a unique plan for you and he has a unique purpose for you. And, and one of the things that I love about speaking and I love about having the opportunity to share from the word of God is, is that, is that um, you know, in my life I've had, some, I've had a, a range of experiences of, of growing up in a very conservative home. You know, I wasn't even allowed to watch He-Man when I was a kid, you know, to, hey, they've grown past it, they're good now, all right, we've resolved all those things. Um, but, you know, so like, you know, a very conservative home to, to going through stages in the beginning of my teenage life to where, where I didn't understand church, it seemed irrelevant to me, and I was walking away from God to now I'm in a place where I'm walking daily in God's grace, and I see him everywhere that I look. And, and, and as I've been living that life, I get to meet people who daily are doing things that are so beyond their capability. That they're living this life that's so big and so fascinating, it's all because of Jesus. 
And one of my favorite things to do and one of my favorite things to talk about it is just is, is Jesus and what he means and, and, and what he can do for your life. And oftentimes in church what happens is, is, is unfortunately, not only just in church but in the world, uh, right now there's, there's, a, there's a massive message out there that kind of exists of like, hey, you can do it. Just believe in yourself and you can do it. And sometimes we end up in a place where in church we, we kind of fall in that line too. Just, hey, believe in yourself. You can do it. Put forth some effort. You can do it. And, and we, we vastly miss the reality that without Christ we're completely incapable of doing anything. But then on the other side of it, the truth is, is that you are, if you find yourself in Christ, you are unlimited to the things that you can do. The potential is so massive and it's so big when you know who Christ is and you're living your life through him. So, you know, it's not this message of, oh, I'm so wretched and, oh, my life is just awful. I'm a horrible person and, oh, I'm just, no one should look at me and, you know, oh, I'm just, I'm just awful. I need to beat myself up every day, you know, just to remind myself. Of how. It's not about this thing where it's, it, it's, it's the truth of the matter is, is that, yes, we are sinners, and sin is real, and hell is real, and, and yes, if we do not discover Christ, there are realities that are present that not only keep us from knowing life in this life, but that we'll have to suffer for all of eternity. But the truth of the matter is this is at the same time is that yes, we are wretched, but with him, we are whole, right? That at the same time is that apart from Jesus, we could do nothing, but in him, we can do anything, and that's what I want to talk tonight is, you, is, is that with you. And uh, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 1. So you can go ahead and start turning your Bibles there. If you don't have your Bibles, we'll have it up on the screen in just a few minutes. But um, that's where we're going to be. So you can go ahead and turn there in just a second. Um, but I'm, before that, I'm going to pray. All right? Lord, I thank you for uh, who you are. And God, I thank you for your mercies. And I thank you for tonight. God, I thank you that you've already moved in this place. And that you're going to continue to move. And that it's you that's speaking. God, we just pray, Holy Spirit, speak now in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, so we're going to read it out of Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 10. And I'll be reading out of the New Living Translation, if that's uh, okay with you tonight. Good. Because I think it's the best Bible out there. All right, verse 10. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we've received inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. Man, that's a good word right there in itself, isn't it? That God, he, he's in control of all things. The big picture all the way to the smallest details and everything in between, God's in control of it. Right? And he works them all out for his sovereign purposes. Man, that's encouraging right there. If you don't get anything else, that's good right there. You can walk up tonight knowing that God's in control. Amen? All right, verse 12. God's purpose, God's purpose was the Jews who were first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. For us, we're extremely excited to be back in Virginia. Uh, we love Virginia, grew up in Virginia for the most part. We moved around a lot, but pre, uh, sixth grade, all the way from the college, I was here um, and uh, in the Hampton Roads area, and uh, we love Virginia. We've missed the East Coast. We lived, I, I went to school in Florida uh, after that, and then met Michelle, and then we were married, and then we lived there for about four and a half years um, after getting married, and uh, we absolutely love the East Coast, and then um, through a lot of no's and kickings and screamings, we were dragged out to the Midwest for six years. 
years, and uh, we lived out there. Uh, honestly, we did not want to go. We were just like, the Midwest, are you kidding me? There's no way we want to live in the Midwest. It's flat. It's boring, you know, like everybody wears cowboy hats. That's just not what we want to do, you know. And so, like, we were just like, you know what, we're not going to fit in. But So we're excited to be back on the East Coast. It wasn't that bad, but it wasn't that great either. But anyway, so... Um, <laughs> We're glad to be back here in the East Coast. Honestly, and there's, there's, there's some reasons. Food, all right? I'm really glad. I love food. If you don't know me yet and you're getting to know me, um, then you'll know that I love food. And if you do know me, you'll know that I love food, all right? So um, I love food. I don't think you can know a culture until you've experienced their food, right? And so uh, anywhere I go, I want to try new things. I want to try food. And so we're excited to be back here where we have real food instead of just bad Chinese and bad Mexican, and that's all we have. Um, <laughs> Seriously, they thought they were famous for cashew chicken. Has anybody ever heard of cashew chicken? Point made, okay, all right. They, okay, yeah, because you live there. All right, so, all right, that, nobody's heard of cashew chicken, but they're like, oh, we're famous for cashew chicken, you need to try it. No, nobody's ever heard of cashew chicken. You're not famous, okay? That's, famous means everybody knows, no one knows, so you're not famous. So we're good, all right. So uh, food is good, we love the people out here, we just love the pace of life, we love um, just uh, the beliefs of people, the courage of people um, here in, in this state and just the people in this church, and so we're excited to be here for that. We love the beaches, we love the mountains, we got cities like D.C. and Baltimore, all those things close. We love being here in Virginia. One of the things I was looking forward to the most about being back to Virginia was normal drivers. <laughs> all right? I was looking forward to being normal drivers because Missouri drivers, they're really bad. All right? Absolutely bad. But there's something I discovered since I've been gone for the past 13 years is that you guys are worse. <laughs> all right? You guys are absolutely worse. One of my new... Habits, new traditions, new um, routines, there you go, that's the word to be better, is every single day is to sit on 64, all right? And, and, and it's just sit on 64 or sit on 60 or sit on 143 as I tra travel back and forth between Williamsburg. And it's hysterical because it's often because somebody three lanes at a median on the other side got a flat tire, right? Right? And so, yeah, so that's going on. Or, or this one is the best. It's honestly, every single day, it's, it's, it's whether it's the tunnel or if it's different things. And I'm not picking on you. I'm just pointing out realities, okay? <laughs> All right? So, um, so <laughs> just kidding. So whether it's the tunnel or it's exits, merging. Yeah. Merging. Come on. So one person goes, you let another person in, then you go, and then another person gets in behind you. That's how it works, right? It's a flow. You guys fight. <laughs> you fight to be in first place. And there's a part of me that admires that. But at the same time, it's not that bad, right? Just let one person in front of you and then you get to go. But here's the craziest thing. You fight for first place, then you go five miles an hour below the speed limit. What's the deal with that? I mean, the left lane, it's called the passing lane, all right? It's called the passing lane, okay? Now, Kevin, I know it means if we're doing the speed limit, somebody's doing under it, we pass them going under the speed limit, right? So I know that, or going over the actual speed limit. So, but, you know... Um, but it's called the passing lane. And how many, so many times they're sitting there and people are riding 5, 10, 15 miles an hour under the speed limit in the left-hand lane. And then there's somebody hanging out next to them doing the same in the right-hand lane, right? And so I'm sitting back there. So I, I've realized that I have um, some serious issues. I'm a competitive person, okay? When it comes to driving, it comes to board games, it comes to anything, I'm competitive. I want to do well. And if I don't, I get a little bit upset. But also, too, I've discovered I think I have a little bit of issue with claustrophobia, okay? When I get blocked in, I start getting a little angry and, and, and yeah, I kind of lose my cool. So if I beat my horn at you, I'm sorry. I apologize about that. Um, but... 
you know, so this is going on. So it's just, it's just been hysterical to me that that's going on. But, you know, the reality is it's okay. And if you do blow 50 mile an hour, you know, hey, you've heard tonight, there is a lane for you. Okay, it's called your driveway. All right, so just hang out there. All right. But here's the reality of it is, is I found out, like, it's, it's not so much, honestly, it's not all about, you know, uh, how bad the driving is, though it can be improved. And, you know, I, I have taken some time to give a public service announcement for that tonight. And hopefully I've done my part and I can be at peace now. But the reality is, is the truth is there for each one of us, is that there's this issue within us that we, each one of us, we want to be in first place. And there's this competitiveness that's within us. In our culture, there's been a reality that's come place is that one of our biggest values is that of priority. Being first is important because we're important. And that's what our culture has communicated to us, and it's a reality that's become evident in everything that we do. One of the interesting things I found out, and I was looking at some different stuff as I was studying culture, is that it used to be a cultural norm back centuries ago, but it was a cultural norm that when we opened the door for a lady, that the guy would actually go in first. He would walk into the door first to ensure that there was safety for the lady to be able to enter into the building. So that there would be no harm or no issue as she walked into the building. But our culture has begun to change so much that we put priority as such a big value that putting, being first is the most important thing. So what used to be about honor and service and sacrifice now is about priority. And so it's an interesting reality that it's something small, and yes, there is, and guys, you should open the doors for your ladies. I'm just saying, walk in and take the bullet, all right? But so there's this thing that is there that's just present in each one of our, our, our mindsets, that there's this aspect of I want to be first, and, and our culture has subtly over time begun to make it that we are important, and that's all that matters. We see it in our sports. We see it all the time, right? That's why we love sports, right? We love the clear-cut winner and the clear-cut loser, right? Now, I'm a huge believer. One of the things I loved about this church is, is there's winners and there's losers, right? All right? We believe that. We played volleyball at a picnic that we had for the Waynesburg campus not too long ago, and there was winners and there's losers. We kept score, all right? Even though there was little kids involved, we kept score, okay? All right? <laughs> they need to learn, all right? So... It's, it's just true. There, there is, there's winners, there's losers. It's true. But at the same time, there's this aspect where we're so infatuated with winning and being first. I mean, we display our trophy cases everywhere, right? We want our trophies to be seen, that we've been recognized, that we've been noticed, that we've been seen, that we've been first. And it's something that we keep up in front of each and every single one of us. And I think that this is a reality in each one of us because of a powerful reality that's true, that, that God cares about each one of us, and he has a unique purpose for us. And that God has designed us to be in relationship with him. And in that relationship, that, 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 that the desire that God has placed within us to be in relationship with him, that it's so present, that we know that we need to be valued, that we know we need to be recognized. And we've bought into something that has shifted from looking to God to find that value and that purpose to looking to other things. So the reality is, is that we've got so caught up in so many different things and looking at just all that's present in the world and all that the world has to offer us that we've bought into something that's not true at all. There is a truth in his reality, and I want you to hear this tonight, that Brian Houston said it this way. He said, God is purposeful in everything he does. When he created you, he knew what he wanted and you are what he came up with. And so God wants to be in relationship with you, and you are unique. And God wants you to know true life. And he wants you to know what it is to be valued. And he wants you to know what it is to be recognized. 
And God intended for you to know a life where you're living on purpose and you're living on point in everything that you do. They are need to be needed and to be valued. It stems from our purpose to be in relationship with our creator. But our flawed approach to this relationship is what caused the issue. So we forget that God has a plan and his plan is, is that he is first. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 14 it says the spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised. And that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. See, he wants to be first in the relationship. And some people, it strikes them as odd. They say, man, that's not, that doesn't sound right. God sounds egotistical. But that's honestly, that's the reality of any healthy relationship. When Michelle and I were dating and, and we were beginning to discover our love for each other. And, and she was, you know, complete, being completely infatuated with me and just, you know, just amazed by me. No, I'm just kidding. As I was trying to prove to her that I was worth her love, there had to be a point. As I was putting forth effort and showing her love, there had to be a point that she had to make a transition and she had to begin to put me first as well. Right. Healthy relationship is about the persons in each relationship saying, no, I value you and I'm putting you first. I'm recognizing you. In our relationship with God, it's the same thing. God is saying, listen, I've done everything I can to be in relationship with you. I've extended my love to you. I've offered everything that I possibly can to offer to you. All I want you to do is to look to me and recognize me and give me praise and glory. See me first in your life. If you can do that, then you'll begin to live the life that God has intended you to live. See, instead of putting him first and by doing so, discovering who we really designed to be, we put ourselves first in pursuing anyone and anything else. And what happens is, is we find emptiness. And what happens is, is we find so many things that, that we wish were present that we can't find life in. And the more that the world has to offer, the more that we find that our hearts are huge. And the world is nowhere even close enough to fill it. And the only thing that can fill it is God's love and God's presence. See, the problem is, is that we're trying to find our identity by creating our own identity. And it's just absolutely impossible to do this. It's fun. I actually was studying and looking into some different things, and I found uh, this interesting thing out there, that there's this second law of thermodynamics. And the second law of thermodynamics, it says this. It says this law observes the fact that the usable energy in the universe is becoming less and less, and ultimately there will be no available energy left. Stemming from this fact, we find that the most probable state for any natural system is one of disorder. All natural systems degenerate when left to themselves. It's encouraging, isn't it? It's absolutely encouraging. So if this is true, what makes things work in, in the world? What is it that sustains life and what is it that gives life? It's a, it's a crazy word that I've been practicing all week. It's called teleonomy. And this is the idea that it involves the concept of something having a design and purpose. That everything within it has a design and a purpose. And so that's true for, that is true for an orchid as much as it is for each and every one of us. The difference between a dead branch and a living orchid is this teleonomy. The ability to process and receive energy that it itself cannot have. See, the second law of thermodynamics, it's, it's a law of physics, it is the law that cannot be disproven. And it's the biggest issue for a lot of different scientists in a lot of different areas. 
that everything left to itself will degenerate. And we see this in so many aspects, don't we? We see this in our own lives. We see this in our own bodies, right? How many of your bodies are getting better the older that you get? Okay, all right. They're not. What happens is we deteriorate because anything left to itself, it's going to degenerate. But if we do some different things, if we try a little bit, if we eat the right foods, if we exercise, we do those things, we take energy from the outside that doesn't exist within us, then we can improve a little bit, right? And it can sustain it. So that's the law of, of thermodynamics. And it takes this thing that there's a purpose and the design in each one of us that exists. But there has to be this outside energy that comes in to make it work and function. Because without that outside energy, disorder and chaos will reign. So here's the reality of this law is, is there's a design and purpose built in all living things. In order for that purpose and design to be realized, energy has to be received from an outside source. Without this energy, chaos will reign. So what is that outside energy? Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 through 20. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things that we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He's the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. Christ is everything. Jesus is everything. He is what holds life together. He is the one that makes everything possible. And tonight, all I want to communicate to you is this, is that, that through Christ, each one of us have an expression of God's creativity in our lives. We've been created to show God's glory, been created to show God's power, and it only could be known through Christ. That when we tap into him and we know who he is, that's the only way and it's the only possibility of being able to live full on for God. See, tonight, this is the main point that I just want to get across to you, and as we go, we're going to be getting into a couple more things here in just a second and wrapping up. But you can't know who you are. You can't know how uniquely you've been created until you find yourself in Christ. And it's a powerful truth that no matter what you do and no matter how hard you try, there's nothing else that can make you who you are uniquely made to be other than Christ. And through the lies that are present in the world, through the lies that our enemy has put before us, there's this thing that has been communicated to us that, that we, if we do enough, if we work hard enough, if we make things happen on our own, then we'll be able to find who we are. We'll be able to find our identity. But we cannot do it. It's physically impossible. Nothing in the universe exists in that way. Nothing can have enough energy in itself to sustain itself or create something that doesn't exist. It can't happen. And so the enemy has communicated this lie to us that we are, what we do determines who we are. And tonight the message is this, is that you can't do enough. You can't do enough good to earn his love. You can't do enough bad to, re to not receive his love. You can't create enough passion, desire, or willpower to do what you were created to do. You don't have the power to do it within yourself. It's only through Christ that your design and purpose can be fully realized. It's only through Christ. And so tonight, I want you to hear this and I want you to know this because I honestly believe that there's people in this place tonight that, that as we are sitting here, you, are, you are, are full on living for God and you're living out your purposes. And as you do it, your, your span, your ability to influence people, your ability to do things that are beyond yourself are, are happening daily. 
And then I believe there's people that you have this constant longing of just, I wish there was more. I wish there was something else happening. I wish, I, I just feel like every day that the things that I'm called to do or the things that I feel in my heart to do, they're just not happening. You don't know what it is. And there's people in here that today, you just say, you know what? I have no clue what's going on and I just see chaos reigning in my life. And tonight, all I want you to hear is that you have to turn to Christ. And when you turn to Christ, you find out uniquely who he's created you to be. And you can live a life that is beyond yourself. And I absolutely believe this tonight, that in this church, there's people that are here that can absolutely change the world. And I don't just say that because I think of somebody that is good. I think because through Christ, you can do anything. It's what scripture communicates, and it's the truth. I absolutely believe that, that God has created you because the world needs you. I believe that God has created you because he needs you and he needs who you are and who he's created you to be. He needs your stories to be communicated. He needs your creativity to be shared. He needs your passions, your laughter, your talents. He needs all of who you are to be communicated and shared to the world. I'm absolutely dying to see the church rise up and to be the most creative place on the earth. I'm dying to see people stand up and say, you know what? No, I'm not settling for less. I'm stepping up for more. As we can even go step out and communicate our theme for the next year of come up, I believe that it's not just this idea of, okay, come up, let's try harder. No, let's come up and let's believe that God is in control of all things, right? Let's believe that he's supreme and that all things exist for him and through him, right? And if we believe that, then we just step out and just say, you know what? God is in control. He's uniquely called me that we'll begin to see things happen that we never could have asked for of ourselves, Amen. right? And I believe the church should be the place to do that. I believe that the church should be what God has called it to be. Listen, tonight, you're at your best. You're at your best when you believe who you are determines what you do. Tonight, as I wrap this up here in just a few minutes, you can't believe what you do determines who you are. You have to believe who you are determines what you do. And tonight as you look at this and as we communicate this, you have to see that you are his. You have to see that you are Christ. That you're a child of God. You have to see that he is first in everything. And you have to see that he has a purpose for you. You have to believe that God is in control. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18 through 23 it says this. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he's called. Skip on to verse 19. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. Verse 22. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Church, I'm calling you tonight to live audaciously for Christ. Don't look at who you are and say that determines what I do. Listen, through Christ you can live a life beyond yourself. I understand that your past is dark. But listen, he's brighter. Right? I understand that, you're, that you look at yourself and you say, you know, I'm limited in this, but God is bigger than any limitation that could be present in your life. If you believe who you are, then you have the power to do anything he's called you to do. But you have to first submit and rest in Christ as Lord.
And it's something that we have to do every single day. It's something that has to be present in every single one of us. It has to be something that daily we're committing ourselves to, to say, you know what? I am God's child. I know that through Christ that today I can do anything that he has called me to do. And when we live that way, I'm telling you, that's when we begin to see the world changed. I absolutely believe that as we step out and do what God's called us to do, that we can change the world. I honestly believe it. I do not think it should be just a catchphrase in the church and that we do not see any realities of that present in our life. I think the reason that sometimes we do not see those realities present in our life or in the church itself is because we don't look at ourselves as uniquely called. We don't look at ourselves as uniquely able. We don't look at ourselves as uniquely willing to do what God has called us to do. And tonight my prayer is and my hope is, is that tonight if you are a follower of Christ, tonight you are saying he is Lord and I live for him, that you tonight will make a commitment to say I'm living for him. There's things that he has called me to do that only I can do. Listen, as you step into life groups, there's going to be conversations that you have in your life groups that only you can have. There's going to be moments that you say a word that you just all of a sudden you feel it in your heart. I need to say this, and only you could have said that to that person, and only they could have received it that way. And you're like, oh, but that's so little. No, it's not little. God cares about the little details in your life. And he orchestrates all things together for the good of those who love him. Right? And so we've got to believe that and we've got to see that, that it's the small things, it's the big things, it's the believing that Christ is in control. That the reality is present that all things exist through him. Without him, chaos will ensue. But with him, there's order and there's purpose and there's plans. And they're the plans of God. And so I'm going to pray right now and the worship team's going to make their way up. And I'm just going to pray that, that God would speak to us in this moment because I believe there's two groups of people in this room. There's two groups of people, and this is for every single one of us to respond to, myself included. And I pray here in just a second as I begin to just pray that you will just open up your hearts and allow God to speak to you. Speak to you what you need to hear in this moment. God, we just look to you. God, as I started this off, I love your church and I love your word and I love your people. I honestly believe the church is the hope of the world. And it's because you've put unique people into the place that you've called them to be that you've divinely put them in the places that they're at for reasons that are beyond us. As we sit here in this moment, I know there's people wrestling with the realities that they have hurts and they have things that are present in their life that they feel like they cannot overcome. God, I pray that you speak to those things. God, that your peace overwhelms them. God, that you can show them that even in their hearts, God, they can be used of you to bring hope to others. 
God, there's moments that we've let dreams die. We've let dreams die because we just, in ourselves, just felt like that we couldn't accomplish them. Or maybe we even felt like we, we did everything we possibly could and everything that we tried, it just didn't work and the dream just died because we gave up. But the reality is, is that we weren't trying it through you. We weren't trusting you. We weren't looking to you as our source of energy, that you were in control of all things and that you rule and reign. God, we didn't look to you and as a result, what died is something that shouldn't have died. And tonight, God, you need to bring back to us a passion for that very thing. There's some of us in this place tonight We've avoided responsibility because we believe that we don't have what it takes to do what is on our heart. God, I pray, Lord, that you show them tonight that they have everything through you. So there's a group of us in here that we believe you. You, you are, Lord. We've made a vow of devotion to you, to follow you and be committed to you. God, each one of us can take this opportunity to come up and say, God, here I am. God, there's more that I can do. There's more that I can give. There's more that I can be involved in. There's more that I can, there's more that I can give in, in, in sense of relationship. There's more that I can dream. There's more that I can sacrifice. God, in this moment right now, I pray that each one of us that are your followers, God, that you will speak to us and that you will strengthen us and give us a confidence in what Jesus Christ has done. That the power that exists within us is the power that raised Christ from the dead. And that you can do all things. God, I pray for those in this place tonight that do not know you. I pray, God, that in this moment that you speak to them. I love you and praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Just a second, we're going to respond, and I'll give you that response here in just a second. The other day we were at the fair with, we were at the Alawite County Fair, and we were there with the kids, and Braden was uh, looking at the Gravitron, if you know what that is, the one that spins insanely fast and you get stuck to the wall and, you know, you can't move. It's a puker for sure, right, for most people. I don't get it on it for that reason. But Michelle really wanted to go on it, and we didn't know if Rylan was tall enough. And it turns out Rylan was tall enough, and so Rylan went on it, and Braden avoided it like the plague. So there's this little tiny little peanut running up there to get on this massive thing. And so she's getting on there, and I'm like, dude, you're going to let your sister show you up? And he's like, yes, I am. And I was like, all right, sounds good. So I just kept giving him a hard time, right? So like 20, 25 minutes later, we're, we're going around, and he's like, Dad, I want to ride this, and it's a ride called the Vertigo, which is basically the same exact ride, except that it raises you 30 foot in the air, and you're sitting in chairs that are just held on by one chain, and you're spinning around. So at any moment, if that chain was to break, you're going to be chucked now hundreds of feet. Or before, if that thing was to roll, like you just probably would have tumbled a little bit. So we're on there. I'm like, dude, you really want to ride this? He's like, yes, I want to ride it. And I was like, this makes no sense to me, son. Why wouldn't you ride the other one? He said, I just didn't want to. And I said, 
why didn't you want to? It just doesn't make sense. He said, I just didn't want to, Dad. And I said, okay. And I said, man, I, I said, that's just crazy. Your little sister, she's so small. And she was willing to, and you're not. And he said, Dad, it doesn't matter. I just didn't want to. And I said, hey, you know what? I stopped because I realized I was pushing too much. And so I stopped. And I said, you know what, Braden? So I'm proud of you, you know, that in that moment, you know, I'm sitting there trying to pressure you, but you stood up. And you said, no, that's not who I am. That's not what I want to do. And you stood up. And you stood up with confidence. I said, I'm proud of you for doing that. And he said, Dad, he said, I just do what I do. <laughs> I just do what I do. I loved it. I loved it. And honestly, that's what God wants us to do. He just wants us to do what we do. Listen, there's this idea, there's this concept that's out there that God is happiest when you're doing the most. That God is the happiest when you're serving the most, that when you're at church, when you're helping the poor, when you're doing those things, that's when he's the happiest. Can I tell you tonight that God just smiles when you're being you? When you're just doing what he's given you to do and you're just doing it for his, his glory, that's when he's the happiest and that's when he's the most excited about you doing life. You just gotta do what you gotta do. And every day there's small little moments where you say, I'm supposed to do this. Just do it quickly. Say, God, I step into it, I'm gonna do it. There's gonna be another moment that, that later on has been built up off of those 10 small moments that you're saying, wow, this is gonna cost me something. But you're able to do it quickly because you've trusted God and you know that he's in control. I know this is a church that loves Jesus and I know this is a church that wants to do things big for God's glory. But it takes each one of us being us, living out our unique purposes. So tonight here in a second, I want you, if you are a follower of Christ, you can stand in your chair, you can come forward. I want you to sing the song with us and say, God, I give you my heart. God, I give you my heart. I'm putting you first. You are the source of everything. I can't do it in of myself. I have to trust in you. And I'm trusting in you. And I'm saying, God, I give you my heart. And as we do that, I'm telling you, whether it's the small things or whether it's the big things, that as we start stepping out and being who we are, doing what, God, what God's called us to do, we begin to see our world change, our community change. We begin to see this church thriving in ways that we could never even ask for of ourselves. That we see the chairs full and that we're having to figure out how to have more services and more campuses because each one of us is just doing what God's called us to do. And just quickly, I just wanna say this to some people in this room tonight that you have no relationship with God. I just want you to know this, is that God loves you more than you can even imagine. And he's got a purpose for you and he's got a plan for you. You have a purpose that God placed in you, a design that he has only for you. And it cannot be realized until you give your life to Jesus Christ. John chapter six, verse 29, it says this, it says the only work, this is Jesus speaking of himself. He says, this is the only thing that God wants you to do is to believe in the one that he sent tonight if you can believe that he is Lord and that he is in control of all things and that through him your sins can be forgiven then tonight if you can believe that then you will stand up and make a vow of devotion to Christ and say hey I can live my life full on for him knowing that I am his child and I'm now able to know and to live out my unique purpose 
And so if that's you tonight and you say, I need to give my heart to Christ, then there's some people standing on either side of me here. You can come up front and talk to me or Pastor Fred, and we want to pray with you so that you can give your heart to Christ tonight. But I want each one of us to take just a moment. I know we've gone a little bit long tonight, but just take a moment and stand up and sing with us tonight. If God has spoken to you, he's spoken a dream to you, he's spoken a purpose to you, he's spoken something to you that you need to give, something that you need to sacrifice, a person that you need to speak to, something you need to do in your family, it's a moment of come up. It's a moment of saying, I'm trusting you and you're in control. And as I do that, I know that I'm living out the unique purpose that you have for me. If that's you tonight, then sing this song with everything within you that I give you my heart.